1: Blob Talk Radio. Uh.
2: Uh. Uh.
3: Check it out, y'all.
2: have been dancing in my life. I'm
3: tired and I want to give up.
2: I've been
3: wondering why. Why's the world getting so crazy?
2: Still somehow I
3: believe. Come too far to die now. You always. If you're a
2: survivor, get up. Ha! Let's get it! I'm a friend now. Uh. Go ahead and get out of my
4: Right, you are on with Patricia Adams live, part two, and we are on the air with um, Philip Brown the second, and part two. This is burn or not to burn, and we are definitely in the overflow. <laughs> in the overflow, are you ready? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: Let's do it. Alrighty, um, um, our guest uh, co-host today again is going to be uh, Philip Brown II. He's going to be covering First Corinthians chapter seven, verse one through nine, and I am not going to end, uh to any of this uh, with him at this point because I believe that as he has prepared uh, for this, that we want to hear what God has to say from the mouth of our co-host. So take it away. Hey, Amen.
1: I just wanted to thank God for you, Sister Pat. Uh, thank him for uh, allowing me to come on this evening to uh, speak to however many people are out there to hear God's word. Uh, I am so excited to to uh, have studied on this subject. Um, a lot of people don't talk about uh, anything dealing with sex or anything like this here, you know, it's mostly a private kind of thing, but you know, God is so good and sex belongs to uh is a gift to to married people and married people only. And uh God is so good that uh He is uh blessed us with so many so many things. Um truly today our I was our I was subject is burned. Maybe burn and our our scriptures coming from first Corinthians Seven through nine. Uh, I want to take the time out to just kind of prepare your mind uh, before I get to First Corinthians 7 through 9. Uh, under today's theme, burn, baby, burn, or not, that is the question. I would like to minister to you the kingdom the kingdom maturity in, in a sexual flame that through the life-changing power, that comes from the Word of God, the building of knowledge, the establishment of a stronger purpose. It is possible to be happy, to be healthy, and kingdom mature while living in a flame of desire to have companionship and to be sexually intimate. Um... Burn, baby, burn, or not, that is the question. And the question is that I would like for you to think about before we begin a prayer. Is What are you feeding your fire? Amen. Uh, if you would, by your head, I would like to say, Father, thank you so much for a loving Father, for giving us your Son, Jesus, who gives us your Word. That is food to our stomach and fresh, clean water to drink. Thank you for your instruction that saves us and gives us life. Thank you for those that will hear your word, and it will change their lives. Amen. Uh, In the maturity, in the flame, well, what is the point? I wanted, to, I wanted to kind of cover a few scriptures with you uh, as we talk to kind of prepare you for First Corinthians. Uh, from Matthew 6 and 33, we learn to seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness in conducting our lives. And from Romans 12 and 1, we learn to offer our bodies and live in sacrifice holy, and pleasing to God. That is our spiritual act of worship. And from Ephesians 2 and 10, we learn that we are God's workmanship and that we are created in Jesus to do good works which God has prepared for us in advance to do. 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, our bodies are temples, of the holy spirit we are not our own we were bought with a price honor god with your body it is our primary responsibility to live our lives as holy examples unto god for for a sinful and dying world to see and be saved it is our primary uh, responsibility whether you are a mother with with, with single mom with children, a dad with single with with dad with, with single dad with children, whether you are a doctor or a lawyer, or whether you are whatever you do, whatever your occupation is, uh, you know whether whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. You are you the salt. We are the salt of the earth. We we show life with flavor. We we show life with slavery. We are the light of the world. We are the light of the party. We are the light. We we are the light of the party. Matthew 5, you can find that in Matthew 5, 13 through 14. I wanted to talk to you a little bit before we start about guidelines from a loving Father. Our Heavenly Father loves us very much. Loves us more than we could ever love our own children. And just like we laid down rules out of love for our children, our Father has laid down rules for us. The lie is that rules are made to be broken. But here's the truth. The truth is that rules... That, that rules from our Heavenly Father will keep you from sure death. Our Heavenly Father has laid down before us guidelines and warning signs, just like the lines and the traffic signs on our streets and highways. Those lines and signs are there to guide and protect you, to ignore and defend those lines and signs can cause you great harm and even cost you your life. Proverbs 410 through 15 Listen, my children, accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it, it, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Proverbs 8 ten through eleven, choose my instructions instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire. No sexual thing you desire. No sin that you want to commit, no guard line that you want to cross can compare with wisdom. Can compare with it. Proverbs eight thirty two and thirty six now Then my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise and do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doorway. For whosoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whosoever fails to find me harms himself. And who hates me loves death, for God is life. Amen. Proverbs thirteen and one a wise a wise son and daughter needs needs his or her father's instruction, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. A, a, a wise son or daughter heeds his his or her father's instruction, but a mocker does not listen to to rebuke, amen, Proverbs 13, 13 and 1, Proverbs 13, 13 through 15, it says, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a man from snares of death, good understanding wins favor, but the ways of the unfaithful is hard, that's hard life, It's hard life, the the lie is that God lines rules, instructions, regulations keep us from keep us from being free to enjoy ourselves. That it robs us from our independence to be adults, or some people say to be grown. And part and and a part of the of the mature a part of and a part of the mature crowd. Uh the lie is that guidelines hinder us from having fun. The world makes you feel like since you're not with us, you know, you're square. Or since you can't participate, you know, you're no friend of ours. They they try to make you, the enemy tries to make you feel like you're the guilty one. That, that, uh, but I'm going to tell you something, misery, <laughs> misery loves company. And, miserable, and, and, and the enemy knows that. The enemy knows that when you cross that line, you're going to be miserable. The truth is that these guidelines from our Heavenly Father are not there to take away our freedom, but to keep us free. Those guidelines that our loving Heavenly Father has laid down before us are not to keep us from going out there and having a blast. We are the party. We are the life of the party. We are the salt of the earth. We're the ones. We're the ones having a good time. We're the ones who's free, who's free from sin. It, it's not the world. I, a lot of us can look and see, uh, have seen in our lifetime people who have struggled and have had hard times and hard, heart pain, a lot of heartache and sorrow. It, especially those who, who thought they might want to try on their shoes per se before they buy their shoes. You know, we we got to, as Christians, have got to. Trust in the Lord and, and lean on him. You know, the world will say, you know, you how do you know if he can, or how do you know if she is really good? girl? How do you know if that person is really good and bad? How do you know? It? you you got to try them before you get married. The world will tell you to try him out before you get married. That's not what God sees. That, that's not God's word. That's not his way. That's crossing the line. And many of us have seen people who have crossed those lines so innocently, we think, and have caused themselves great pain, great suffering, a lot of hurt. We were just listening to Sister Ingrid talk talk about uh, a lot of things similar to that. You know, people are hurting out there. They they they, they are stepping outside those marriage lines. They are stepping outside those, those lines that God has laid down before us, and they get hurt. You, you suffer. You suffer a whole lot of disease problems, uh, rumors, everything else. We've been there. We've seen that. I want to talk to you about the covering. In the book of Genesis, the second chapter, God made the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We're getting ready to get close to 1 Corinthians here shortly. Bear with me. The Lord God commanded not to eat the tree of knowledge and of good and evil. For when you do eat it, You will surely die. I am sure many of us, many of us in the midst of hard times have wondered what life would be like if Adam and Eve had not eaten from the tree of knowledge and of good and evil. And also, why did God put that tree in the garden in the first place? It just seems like sometimes that man if he had hadn't put in there we wouldn't have sinned and had all these problems. We would have been all living good in the world and, and just and just having a blast in that garden and not worried about anything. But you know what? I am reminded that God is love. And the many and, and, and besides the many reasons that it may be, I believe that the tree of knowledge of good and evil was put in the garden so that love could rejoice evermore in that he was chosen over selfish greed. You know, when I read uh in Genesis 2 and 9, all of the trees grown there were, were, were pleasing to the eye and good for food. They already had everything they needed. Just don't bother that tree. But they were greedy. They, just like we get, they were greedy. They wanted more than what than what God had 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 offered them and, and gave to them. They had everything. I'm sure that the fruit on that tree was the same size and, and just as beautiful as it was on all the, the other trees. I, I believe that those trees were that the tree of of knowledge and of good and evil was was just as pretty as all the rest of the trees. But it was that tree. You know, and as I begin to imagine, I wonder if there was a path worn out beside that tree of life and that tree of good and evil, that every day they passed through there, they had to take a look at that tree. To sound familiar? God made all kinds of trees grow that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. But just like Adam and Eve were crossing the guidelines, and like a teenager, who engage in premature, unmarital sex, our eyes open to a new, unfamiliar world. Priorities change. Our bodies change. New urges and temptations grab hold of us and constantly tries to pull us over the guidelines. Sin latching onto us, detaching us from our, our, distracting us from our eyes on God, poisoning us with wicked imagination and fetishes and unnatural fetishes that drive us to the point of guilt and shame and just and just where the enemy wants us to be unaffected for God's purpose. Surely you know as you begin to read you see that Adam and Eve did not die a physical death. But we do know something died. They were no longer the same. It was not another day as usual. After sin, then comes the urge to cover, to lie, to keep secrets, to hide your wallet. To hide your purse, then comes the urge to delete text messages and emails. After sin, the time comes to delete websites and chat rooms. In Genesis, after sin, in Genesis three and eight, we learn that after sin, it's time to hide. It's time to worry. If so if it's time to worry. Uh, if anyone has seen you do what you did and was gonna tell it, if someone who caught you and know what you did is gonna reveal you, blow your cover. Time to worry. If what you did left you with a disease that medicine and cream won't fix, that medicine and cream. Six. I love the book of Proverbs when it talks about how wisdom she screams and yells in your streets, in the streets of your heart, in the cities of your heart, and begs you and talks with you not to cross those lines, to listen to her, that she's more precious than rubies, that she's more precious than silver and gold, to hear her right now. A lot of us know from, from experience, how sin has hurt us and affected our lives. And it has not only affected our lives, it affected those that are around us, those that love us, our children, our wives, our husbands. Sin is like cancer. It begins to spread like a disease on the skin. you got to, once you get it, you got to cover it because it's shameful. It's supposed to be shameful. Law forbid you. You get to a point in life where your mind is reprobated, and and sin doesn't bother you anymore to cover. You can do it in the open, and we see a lot of that on TV, and, and movies. I would like to go now to to the book of First uh, Corinthians, the the uh, seventh chapter starting at 1 through 9, and it says, "For, For the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to marry, but since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duties to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband the wife the wife's body does not belong to her, to her alone but also to her husband in the same way the husband's body does not belong to him alone but only to his wife do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer, then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because you are because of your lack of self-control. I say this as concession, to, not to command. I will. I wish that all men, as were as me, but each man has his own gift from God. One has gift. Another has that. Amen. Uh, I wanted to stop right there and go back uh, to where it talks about depriving one another. It's if, if one thing to be single and waiting on God to uh, send you a mate so that uh, that burning desire that you have in your heart for uh, intimacy with your spouse uh, uh, with your new spouse, there's another to be married with someone who is depriving the other. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, reasons and a lot of problems uh, are the cause of that. We, you know, we as as Christians, especially the Christian couples, we have to learn how to trust in God. We have to learn how to be very very aware of the enemy. And not allow the enemy to kill the fire between you and your spouse. We have to learn how to come up with new ways and uh, each new ways of keeping the flame kind. I'm talking to the married people right now. You and your spouse, you and your spouse need to learn how to pray together, to to come closer together. Don't let society uh, dictate to you uh, the time spent away. From your spouse we need to we need to keep our mind focused on the kingdom as married people we want to live our lives as married people uh so that the so that the world can see a light in that area of marriage and want that and desire that it is our primary duty and, and, and what we want to do is that we don't want to deprive our spouse of that because you're too tired because you have a headache We'll reading it right now, because Satan is busy, and he's gonna he's gonna cause a whole lot of problems a whole lot of problems in your marriage in that area we We don't need to deprive ourselves of one another we need to love love one another we need to we need to take the time out to spend time one to get to know each other to hold hands and go to the park uh, go get ice cream and you know uh sometimes fellas we we got to know when enough is enough too. You know, because I know we are—we are just more sexually active than than women are. But at the same time, we've got to learn how to discern. You know, we have to learn how to how to treat our our wives like we want, like, like we treat ourselves. We want to love them. We don't always want to throw ourselves all over them and force them into things that they uh, don't want to do at a certain time. You know, we have to learn how to be patient and wait on God. And see, in there is a balance. In there is a balance, and the Holy Spirit will will speak to that couple, and if that couple is praying together and seeking God together, the Holy Spirit you'll hear him loudly. He'll tell you what good time or not not a good time, but in the Bible here it says that you know if you're going to devote yourself to a time of fasting and prayer, go ahead and settle down. Go ahead and settle down for a little while, but after that time, get on back to being intimate with your spouse so that Satan doesn't have a footstool in your marriage Amen. Um, it goes on down to say, at the, on the eighth verse, now to the married and the widows. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And, and to burn with passion is, is not a sin. Let, let me repeat that: to to burn with passion, to have a desire, to have companionship, to be sexually intimate. is if that's not the sin, when we yield to wicked imaginations with people that we're not married to, and when we yield to wicked imaginations, and when we yield to to uh, uh, to things that we read, things that we look at, things that we that that are that are given to us that we know that are not right before God. Hey, listen, then we that's when we that's when we go wrong. That's when we are are messing up. We it is better to marry than to burn. Go ahead and get married. Ask the Lord. This is what I did when I decided that uh, I wanted to get married. I knew that I as a as a preacher's uh, kid, as a pastor's kid, I knew growing up as a teenager. I don't think I need to be out there in the world running around uh, uh, like I was I needed to go ahead and settle down and I, I got on my knees and I began to ask God for my spouse and I, I wanted and i and I've, I've always been taught uh, by my dad to to pray specifically for what you want you know so i I, I named her. I', I not I name her but I described it to God uh, in detail. You know, Father, this is this is what I would like to have. This, if you know, she could be this way and this way. And you know, before I knew it, uh, God blessed me with someone that was, man, probably ten times, a hundred times better than that. I, I am so blessed. You know, God, has, He blessed me with a beautiful wife now of uh, of eighteen years and, and three beautiful children. And, and you know, I'm gonna tell you right now, as beautiful as it was at times, there was a struggle. There, there was, a, there was most definitely a struggle, uh, and and it's okay to have struggles, but uh, we as 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 uh, as married people, uh, we need to take care of one another, and uh, and not allow the enemy to come between us. And like I say, you know, a, a family that prays together stays together. Um, I want to go now to uh, some steps. Um, some life-changing, some life-changing steps. Um, for those that are single out there, and even those that are married, you know, I'm even speaking to those that are married and, and cannot have sex, you know, due to some kind of illness or you're trying to hang on, you know. Uh, out there sometimes there's your brother that uh, you're, you're dealing with a pregnant wife right now, and she's, She's not one to be bothered. You know, I want to encourage you uh, this evening uh, to to first of all listen to these these steps that I'm about to give you right now. One of the one of the best steps you can do right now is to read. Get your Bible and read God's Word. There is power in the Word of God, and when you read, let those words go into you and and and. Change your life. Don't just read them just to be reading them. Read the book of Proverbs. If you, if, if you, I always, always advise a young person to read the book of, of Proverbs because in the book of Proverbs, it's though a, a father is talking to his son, and women, when you hear him say, uh, "Son," you, you just change it to daughter because he's most definitely talking to you too. And, and you, when you read that, read the book of Proverbs. You're going through. You're trying to hang on. To, to God, you want to read. Uh, there are a lot of uh, inspirational books that uh, teaches. Uh, you know, if you want to try the spirit by the spirit, but you want to read things that are going to help you. You cannot hang on to uh, to your to your faith uh, to your uh, Christian walk when you are reading things that are not of God that lead you into uh, sin. Uh, we have to guard. We have to guard what we watch. We just can't allow ourselves to get out there and watch things that are and read things that are that are not uh, holy before God. You just gotta imagine Jesus sitting with you uh, and, and 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 give Him uh, uh, reverence, uh, knowing that He is right there with you, looking at you, doing what you're doing. Um, that's the first step. You want to read. You wanna you want to gain knowledge. There is power. In knowledge uh there is strength in knowledge in the knowledge of God uh there is there is uh, hope and uh you, when you feed yourself the Word of God in this manner you will you will be able to stand strong you will uh be able to hang on in there and not allow the enemy to sneak in through the cracks or uh, you'll be able to guard yourself from fire dark of the enemy The second thing that I wanted to uh also, the second step is to find find you some a friend or an elder to uh, to be with to, to talk with to read with to study with. I'm talking to the single people right now and those that are uh, the men that are, have pregnant women and uh, you know and, and those that cannot have sex those who are trying to sustain them you know for the Lord or for whatever reason uh, God has called you. You want to you want to you want to find someone uh, that that can be accountable with you. You want to find someone that can be accountable with you uh, that will hold you uh, accountable and and someone that you can go and sit down with and, and talk with. And I hope that uh, if any pastors are listening, that that you guys establish that in the churches if if that's not uh, already there, men and deacons who can group together. Uh, uh, some time to to sit down with a young man or a young a young woman uh, women who can teach the younger, younger women uh, and the older men who can teach the younger men uh, during times of pregnancy, during times of being single, during times of difficulties in marriage to, to spend some time with them to sit down and talk and, and discuss and read through the word of God uh, redefine a friend. And if and if you can be a friend, you find someone who's that in that situation and don't be afraid to sit down with them and let them know, hey man, I would like to stop by with you if I can on a Tuesday or a Thursday or Monday or whenever. And let's just read through the word of God and, and, and strengthen that brother. That's how we strengthen one another. You know, uh that's one of the that's one that's that's another point that I'm trying to make that, that'll give you a lot of strength in your time Frame that, you're, it's, that you're trying to be strong, um, you also want to guard what you watch. Uh, TV is, is awful. <laughs> the Internet is just awful. The, the world is constantly suggesting uh, sin, constantly for our children. It is, it is a time in our life we cannot afford to leave our children in front of the TV. It is a time that we can't sit there and be entertained by just anything, laugh at any joke, watch any, pull up anything that comes up on our emails and on our texts. We have to be tough. We, we we cannot allow the enemy to sneak in. We, we've we got to be strong. Amen. Uh, I wanted to go to Psalm uh, 1, if you would, and, uh, The Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. Do not, not so the wicked; they are like the, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked, will the wicked will perish. And as you as we read here, we learn that that. Uh, you know, we have to be careful, again, who, who we socialize with. Uh, that's another step. Who are, your, who are your friends and and what do they encourage you to do? Uh, you trying to be strong? You trying to hang on in there? One of the hardest, hardest life-changing steps is to change your friends. When we know that we cannot no longer sit in the seat of the mockers, and have to get up, and that's your mama or your daddy that's that way toward you or your cousins or your brothers. And I I haven't even gotten down to friends. You know, folks, you, you done been through it with, that you have to find a way to uh, limit your time with them because of the influence. You got to be careful. We we have to be careful. Amen. But you, what what you do is well, you begin to study God's word and meditate, like it says, And in his law does he meditate day and night. as you begin to meditate uh, on God's word day and night, you will develop a delight in the law of the Lord. You will develop a delight, a delight that will override who you would like to hang around with. Uh, It will override your compulsion. It will override your desires, your strong desires. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, God is going to feed you, and you will be comforted through the time of being single or through whatever course of time that you're going through, that you're you're standing in in a flame. You don't have to burn. You have to be careful what you feed your fire. If you be careful what you feed your fire, you can live a mature and happy life. Standing in a flame of passion, you can do that, and, and and it is our like I told you before it was it is our primary duty, no matter who you are, to be a light unto the world, to be salt of the earth. Amen. We are the flavor of this world. We give this world flavor. We the ones. We are the light of the party. Amen. We are the light. It, it is God that shines through us. That that if we lift Jesus up, He said He's going to draw. All men, all men unto him. But the Bible says that the wicked are like the chaff that are like the, the wicked are like the chaff that the wind blows away. Amen. And uh, and they won't stand. We we won't stand. We we need to we need to stay in the guidelines that our heavenly Father has laid down uh, before us. So that because when you cross those lines, you put your life in danger. When you cross those lines, you lose something. Just like Adam and Eve, they they lost something on the inside of them. Uh, that was no longer the same. It was not a it was not a usual a usual day. Amen. Uh, I would also now like to go to um I like to also now talk about repentance. Um and this is in Second Chronicles, a uh, promise from God, uh, and it's down in Second Second Chronicles seven, and it says uh, it's down at uh, verse uh, chapter seven verse, I want to say uh, fourteen, and it says if my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my faith, that uh, that humbleness is the breaking down of a hardened heart. That to, to be humble means that your your heart is no longer hardened. That it's soft enough for the for the for the hands of the Potter to mold and shape you. Amen. And and the humbleness when it comes down to and pray, and pray and that, and prayer, prayer is a uh, is a continuous thing. Prayer is a continuous. Action. We wonder how in the world you keep talking to God all day long. I gotta use the phone. I gotta. No, no, no. You mustn't Understand. Prayer is a lifestyle. Prayer is a mindset. It's a mindset where you find yourself talking to God all day long, in in everything that you do. We stay in communication with God. We do not turn off our phones with God on the other side. He's always on in our heads. He is all he is we acknowledge that he is there and, and that and that we are always connected in communication no matter no matter what I do. When you have God, you have the Holy Spirit and you have Jesus. And so when we pray and then we seek his face, that means to hunger and thirst for righteousness. No matter what happens, I want to stand for righteousness. I want to stand for righteousness. And it's it says, and uh and turn from your wicked ways. This is the repenting part. The to turn from your wicked ways to repent is a lifestyle. To repent is a lifestyle, meaning that you every day you live a life of repentance. Every day in in seeking God's faith and, and finding out what the truth is, you begin to turn every day from those things to do the right thing. And God blesses that, and he gives you strength in that. And when it comes time to stand, and after all you could do to stand, you're going to find yourself standing. Even though you know, even though you was wondering on the other side of that mountain, how in the world was I going to get myself on the side, you find yourself standing on the other side because, because, because Jesus is not going to allow you, he's not going to allow you to fail with those that love him. And it says that, and it also says that for the wicked ways then it says then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal and will heal their land. He he will heal your land. When I was talking about the covering, you know, after sin now comes the covering. You 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 you, you sin and then now you're trying to find a way to cover it all up. And you lie about it. Sometimes we lie about it and we got all kinds of lies propped up and you trying to and you find yourself trying to remember all the lies you told so that you can make sure you get it right with everybody and you find yourself hiding your wallet and your purses and you find yourself trying to delete all kinds of things so that your spouses can't find them. Find things that you don't want them to find to blow your cover, listen. Listen, God will heal you. You just need to stop right now and confess your sins before God and repent of your sins and let it go. Do not allow the enemy to keep you bound uh, with trying to hide your sins, with trying to cover up yourself. Uh, you if you want to be free, those that, that Jesus set free are free. Are free. Are free. Indeed. Amen. Uh, I want to also go now to the book of um, Galatians, the fifth chapter. I want to go down to uh, Galatians, I mean, Galatians, the fifth chapter, uh, where it talks about life. Um by the Spirit. Let me see, it says in uh, Galatians 5 and and
5: 16,
1: it says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, <clears throat> hatred, discard, jealousy, fits of rage, self-ambition, deceitions, factions, and, enemy and envy, drunkenness, orgy, and the like. I warn of you as I do before, that those who live like those who live this will live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with the passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, Let us, let us, let us in. Since we live, I'm sorry. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Amen. And and this is uh, how we should live: is by the Spirit. And back to the first step about reading and meditating on God's Word, as we found in Psalms one. Uh, as we begin to read and meditate on God's word, we feed our spirit. We we feed our spirit, man. That's why it's good to fast and pray, because we make this body weak. And during our fast, we keep a smile on our face. We don't frown. We don't give the enemy. no. We don't allow the enemy to give us that reward of people feeling sorry for us. You keep a straight face. You keep your shoulders back. You fast for a certain amount of time, and you weaken this body, and you strengthen you strengthen your spirit, man. You are, you feed your, your spirit, man. You don't ever go a day without feeding your spirit. Go a day without feeding your flesh, but don't ever go a day without getting into God's word, listening to God's word. Get in there and read something. Meditate on something something. Feed that spirit man so that it can be stronger because it is it is how, that's how we stand. That's how we're able to stand in the midst of, of the most hardest temptation. You know, sometimes we are put in some of the most awkward situations and we want to, Lord, I mean, what is this? We don't ever want to be caught off guard. And if you don't want to be caught, ever be caught off guard, get into God's Word. Get into His Word and meditate on it. Pray and talk to God about it. Ask questions. If you don't understand what you read, that's where the second step comes in. You have elders. You have pastors. Get involved. Uh, build a relationship with a pastor who is preaching the word of God. Get in a relationship with a, with a deacon or an elder who is ministering the word of God. Uh, the Bible talks about older women teaching younger women how to be modest, how, how to live. We, we need that. We need older men teaching the younger men. How how to live and how to how to treat a young lady how to how to have manners we've lost manners I mean where has the pulling out the chairs and opening doors have gone we need we need those that respect back we need that protocol back especially in the kingdom of God Amen Uh, Amen Um, I was wanting to tell you also that that uh, as we begin to 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 build our spirit. exercising it like a a weightlifter, as we begin to work on this spirit, as we begin to feed on God's word and, and, and now we get stronger, those fetishes, those desires, those passions that we cannot cross the line on, your spirit man will override that and you'll be victorious. Your spirit man, will override those desires. Your spirit, man, will help you in time of trouble when you are almost walking that line like a tightrope. You know, the Bible speaks of the narrow path to walk on the straight and narrow path. Then you have the broad path with a whole lot of people on there. Your mama and your daddy, your cousins and brothers and sisters might all be on that broad path, but you want to continue on the straight straight and narrow path. You want to stay between those guidelines on the straight path. And sometimes they talk about you and that's all right. And, and sometimes you, you're not invited to their party and that's all right. And, and, and sometimes, man, uh, it just doesn't seem like uh, you're getting a whole lot of love from from family members, from old friends. And that's all right. You stay between the guidelines that your Heavenly Father has has laid down before you to keep you Free to keep you free. In Jesus' name, amen. Pat, are you on the air?
4: Oh, hello. Yes, I am. I was commenting about uh, your steps. I was commenting about your steps, and uh, you were talking about uh, reading God's Word because there is power in the Word and that we need to let that go into our lives and we need to especially uh, read the book of Proverbs and not defraud one another and that part about repentance and covering up with lies. (laughs) That was good, and um, also to uh, find a pastor or a mentor to uh, keep us accountable, and especially if, you know, you're having problems in your marriage or your relationship due to, like, medical issues or, you know, your spouse is pregnant or whatever, um, then you you need someone, like an accountability partner, uh, someone um, who is strong, rooted, and grounded in the Word of God to keep you, um, accountable and more than anything else you need God, and you get God by getting in his word, finding out what it is that he's um, requiring of you and I liked what you did when you talked about the tree in the garden as a covering and how um, I could you know just really see that and you said that God um, had designed it as a symbol of his love. But uh, out of their own selfishness and greed, they chose that tree, and they chose it uh, after he had given them everything in the garden, yet that still was not enough for them. And so that is definitely, you know, greed. And that he wants us to be um, a living sacrifice. And being that living sacrifice is a form of worship and that we have to um, keep the rules that God has placed for us, not because he's just trying to be a taskmaster, but the rules that he's put in place for us, they're health, you know, to our bodies, and they keep us from death. So he hasn't put anything in there to harm us in the Bible, but it's all for um, our edification and to keep us focused on what it is that he wants from us and how he wants us to live uh, this life that he has for us. So right now, we are in the midst of the second part of the show. And um, at this time, are you uh, wanting to cover more of 1 uh, Corinthians 7? 1 First, First Corinthians 7, 1 so, through 9? I'm sorry?
1: You were saying we, what you were wanting to know if I wanted to cover?
4: Yeah, I mean, if you're, uh, we can go Marshall break right now, but if you'd like to, you know, just lead um, the listeners in prayer um, for salvation, uh, because right now I don't have anyone who is raising a question for us at this time, Um, and someone has just come on, um, so let me double check with them, but if you would just lead the, the listeners right now in a prayer. All right. Father,
1: in the name of Jesus, I just pray, Lord God, for those that are under the sound of my voice, that, Lord God, that you would touch their hearts, Father, uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, we just thank you for this broadcast, and we thank you for Sister Ingrid and what she had to bring, Lord God. Uh, Father, we need your help right now, in the name of Jesus. Father, that you touch the marriages, Father, that you have put together, that you touch, Father, the singles, Father, that's in this kingdom, Father, and, and those that are that are married but having children, Father, right now and having to sustain for about a year, Lord, we just ask you, Lord God, to touch that young man, touch that young woman, Father, give them strength in the mighty name of Jesus to endure their time, Father, that they have to not be intimate, Lord God. Father... We know that there is a better gift, there is a better blessing that is on the other side of our obedience than, Father, the greed and, and, and the gift that we think we get crossing the line. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for the power that you have given us, Father, through your son Jesus, through his word that sustains us, Father, and helps us stand even though, Father, we don't think we could stand. When this flesh is weak, Father, our spirit is strong in the name of Jesus, and we can carry on. And I thank you, Lord God. Father, we just pray for those right now who would like to be saved. And if you are listening right now and you are wanting Jesus to come into your life and to change your life, then you just ask Him. You say, Father, I pray, I believe in Jesus. I confess Jesus right now and pray that you will forgive me of my sin. I believe that died for me and that you rose again i believe father that it is you lord god that is the savior of my soul and and father i am going to walk in your way in the spirit father not in this flesh and i thank you for a new me in jesus name i pray amen amen
4: amen amen i'm going to go to um a caller and uh see if they have any questions for us, and uh, I'll be right back with you. All
1: right.
4: Carly, you're on the air. Do you have a question or a comment for uh, Philip? No, I'm just listening because I am the father, and I would just like to hear the interview. Um, um, excuse me? I said I'm, I'm, I'm listening because I would like to just hear the, um, the, the 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 conversation, the interview for tonight. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, we're going to go to a commercial break, and uh, we'll be right back. Thank you. All right.
1: It's God. Good. Thanks. Is God good all the time?
4: Hi, you're on the air with Patricia Adams Live, and we are on the blogtalkradio.com platform, and we are into the second portion of our broadcast tonight, Part 2, Topic Burn or Not to Burn. Is the question. And our co host, Philip Brown II, has been covering 1 Corinthians 7, verses 1 through 9. And just to kind of give a brief recap, um, as we were on commercial, the greatest um, thing in the world that we can do is to get wisdom so that we can have an understanding. Um, it's the principal thing the Bible says. Um, during the first section of the broadcast um, with Pastor uh, Philip Brown, the second, he says, "What are you feeding your fire?" That I think is absolutely a powerful, powerful statement. What are you feeding your fire? Uh, Proverbs talks about a man taking a fire into his bosom; um, could he not expect to be burned? But he's saying, "What are you feeding your fire?" And immediately when he said that, I was drawn to how we build fires in the fireplace um, just for warmth or just because, you know, we want to just sit by a fire or roast marshmallows or whatever on the fire. But then I thought about the fires that we start for cooking um, outside especially. <laughs> and there are some things you don't want to throw on certain types of fires. Um, if it's um, a cooking fire, you definitely don't want to uh, dash kerosene on it. Um, and you most definitely don't want to do it while the meat is on the grill. So there are so many things that come to mind when I think about what are you feeding your fire, and that fire is that burning that you have, that desire that you have inside of you um, to have companionship. And in the process of having companionship, we often break the rules. And what are the rules? There are rules that God has made for us, and the rules that he has made for us are those that will keep us from death, he also talked about in Romans 12, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. It is a part of worship, and that when God gives us rules, they're guidelines um, that are meant to keep us free. When we break the rules, then we enter into bondage. And so um, we are in this world, and we are to be the salt and the light in the world, and we are to compel men. come to Christ, but if you find yourself as a single person or even he addressed the issue of being married and perhaps your spouse has medical problems, what are you doing about sex? If uh, your spouse is pregnant right now and they aren't in the mood for sex, what are you doing about sex? Are you um, going to God and asking God to give you strength or are you stepping outside of the marriage um, to find relief or are you doing something else that uh, be it on the internet or calling into um, the sex uh, lines or whatever, what is it that you're doing to feed or burn, okay? So um, he also offered steps that we should read God's word because there's power in the word and we need to let it not just be something that we read, but we need to get it into our lives. He recommended reading the book of Proverbs and that we also should not defraud one another um, we should also repent from uh, lies that we use to cover up our tracks, you know, um, the things that we put in our cell phones, uh, in our emails uh, to other people that we think that our spouses don't know anything about. And then he also talks about uh, step two, that you want to make sure that you have a pastor or a uh, rooted and grounded mentor that can keep you accountable while you're going through this process if it is that you're in marriage and you're having a a difficult time uh, having intimate relationships with your spouse due to medical problems or due to whatever issues that are going on you still want to be faithful in that marriage and that relationship as long as god has um kept you together and in you are seeking to stay together in that marriage also that if you're having a pregnancy uh, right now, and the wife is not in the mood to have sex with you, um, what are you doing? So there, there is an accountability that God has for us that he wants us to be holy, be holy for he is holy, and if we are his, then we will seek the ways that he has for us. We're going to go back um, on the line with our co-host, uh, Philip Brown II, and let him continue to take us into the broadcast. Amen. How are you? Oh,
1: very, I good.
4: Want to, very good, very good. I want to thank you, man of God, faithful man of God, for being on the air with us. And blessings to you and your family and your wife and your children um, for you being, uh so freely of your time today to be on the air with us. And it seems like we're doing some kind of a marathon, but God is in the mix. And so we're just following God, and I thank him. So, you know, we originally started at 5 o'clock with Part 1 and ended at 7. I thought that, you know, God just took control, and and here we are. So here we are with Part 2, and I did go to the line, and I went to the chat room, and we have no questions or comments. Uh, They want to continue to listen to the broadcast. So you are uh, free to... I take up where you left off at, as well as, you know, as a single man before you got married. Um, some of the things that you talk about now are definitely hindsight and, and definitely wisdom um, uh, to you now, right? Because uh, as a young single person, you didn't quite see that clearly. And mm-hmm. But now you look back and you're reaching back and you're saying, okay, you know, I I, I want you to understand that God has a way, God has a way and it is not to harm you. It's not to hurt you. This is the way. And if if you're walking it, I promise you. Because it's amazing to me that uh, as a married man, when you speak about um, the marriage bed being on the file, and then there are times when um, a married um, couple, they don't have sex. You know, uh, for whatever reasons, they don't have sex. And so you have to also honor, you know, your wife's body. You have to respect her uh, desires at every particular moment and uh, I think you said something about spread yourself or, or push yourself out on yourself.
1: Yeah yeah I, well you know you know it's like this I mean I didn't it's, it's like this here, you know, we, we as men we you know we have to, we have to be humble and compassionate, you know, also. Uh you know, as Christian men before God, you know, you know the world teaches that the world teaches that men and women will never be able to understand each other do you understand what I'm saying and the that's a lie because the holy spirit knows all and that holy spirit will will speak to that husband he will speak to that wife and if they are listening if they are keyed in to the Spirit, when we feed the Spirit, we the Holy Spirit's voice becomes louder and louder and clearer and clearer at the bell. We will he will give us discernment. You know, that, that's what's so awesome about the about the about our counselor is that he minister to, to us discernment. You know, there are times when I know to uh try to get next to my wife and there are times when I know this is not a good time. And the Holy Spirit ministers unto me not to be greedy, not to be uh, selfish, but He gives He gives you He gives you oversight and He gives you insight on on each little situation. And this is what prayer is so important, because we can't break communication with God. It's dangerous to break communication with God. We have to stay constantly stay in communication with God. Prayer is a lifestyle. And when we learn that prayer is a lifestyle, then then we understand that uh, communication between God helps you with the communication between you between between spouses. And uh, it it is it is so important also Pat how, how important it is when when couples if you're married, one of the best things that y'all can do is read the Bible together, sitting. You all sitting there together next to each other, opening your Word up, and just read and read to each other. You're talking about some of the most wonderful moments that uh, you could ever have together as a couple, praying together. You're teaching one another, you're strengthening one another, you're listening, lifting one another up, and it makes the marriage. So sleep. I thank God. I thank God for my wife. I love her so much. Uh, we have we have grown so much together. And one of the things that I do know, one of the things that I do know, and I don't, I'm gonna go ahead and say it, but this is the thing: that sex is ten times, a hundred times better when you are with someone. In the Lord, and y'all have gone through things and have come out the other side. You know, I, like I was saying before, there are a lot of people who like to try their shoes on before they buy the shoe. Well, we're not talking about shoes when it comes to crossing the line of God. We got to learn how to trust God. We have to learn how to how to trust Him solely so much that so much that you trust Him to find your wife and not have sex with that individual until you make a commitment before man and God to marry that person. You trust him so much that he will find you someone that you would not break that, cross that line until God has given you the okay and removed that line of marriage and get married and he removed that line you get in there and God blesses you with that gift the The lie is is that and the, and the lie is that in in many in many conversations in many uh uh conversations between couples and counselors you know try go ahead and try you gotta to make sure that the sex is good before you get married. That's the lie from the enemy, and so many people have seen that mistake over and over again. You, you did lay with that person, and it wasn't right. The bed wasn't right. It wasn't as sweet as you thought. It, it wasn't as you know. And then you go into a thing where, man, well, I'm my party to find somebody else. Cause that one time was not all that great. And I'm here today to tell you that once, when a couple that that is growing old together, man, that is that that time kind of intimacy is so sweet when you have gone through the fire together, when you have gone through through storms in life together, and you come out the other side of it, and you're still holding hand in hand. I mean, storms that have literally tore the roof off your house and shook your house apart, but you still stood on the rock of Jesus. And it seemed like at some time you, you weren't going... It seemed like those bills were so high you weren't going to be able to make it through it. And it seemed like, with no food in the refrigerator, in the kitchen, that the, the marriages ain't going to hold. And it just seemed like sickness and stuff and, and all kinds of problems, all kinds of winds that blow your way. But when you stood on God and you stayed there and you come out the other side, intimacy, in whatever form in your marriage, is so much sweeter. Than a one time six, that's the truth. That's the truth, Pastor.
4: You know, and um, there is a um, devotional, my utmost for his highest, by uh, Oswald Chambers. And I'd like to read uh, today's, and it says, Without faith, but whoever doubts, stands condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith. Everything that is not from faith is sin, uh, according to Romans 14 and 23. And he goes on to say that the writer of Hebrews reminds us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Whenever God reveals something, he expects us to believe him and adjust our lives accordingly. What does this mean? It means we trust him implicitly for all of our needs because he says he will provide. It means we approach crises with the assurance that God will bring good from them. It means we overcome anxiety during stressful situations because God instructs us to bring our requests to him. It means that we never worry that we are alone because God said he would never leave us or forsake us. It means that despite what happens in our lives, we will never doubt God's love because he has told us that he loves us with an everlasting love. At times we try to, Justify our lack of faith. It says, uh, we know what God has promised, but we doubt that he will make a practical difference in our life. We are filled with anxiety and excuse ourselves by saying, I'm just a worrier. We become bitter during a crisis and reason that God cannot possibly bring anything good out of this pain. We appeal for help from everyone around us when we have a need. Then we explain, I know God can provide for my needs, but I think I should do everything I can just in case. God calls this faithlessness. Faithlessness is sin. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And that's Hebrews 11 and 6. And what you're talking about is faith. You're talking about faith.
2: Yeah.
4: And uh, faith knows that um, the one who has begun a good work in you is able to carry it on to completion. And I think that throughout the uh, thread of the show, both part one and this. Uh, part part two, we've been talking about faith. It, it takes faith to get through crisis. It takes faith to believe God, that even though you can't trace him, you can't see him, and you don't understand what's going on in your life, and, and the things that seem to be uh, going to take you out and take you down are uh, working together for your good. Because what's going on right at that particular moment is not very good. <laughs> it's not very good. <laughs> come out on the other side, like you said, and you look back and see what God did in your life um, as you progress and you say um, that you have been married like 18 years and through the empty refrigerators, through the sicknesses and through the ups and the downs, whatever, you know, has happened in your life, whether that happened in your life or someone else's life, you have now gathered together a basket of testimony, if you would. And the Bible says that we overcome you know, by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. So we are overcomers, and he's coming back for an overcoming church. And I believe that as I've laid this framework tonight, um, the whole purpose of this is that to get people to think. You know, February 14th is coming up, and and so many people are making plans. and, And, you know, we picked this date out of God's heart for the desire to make sure that, People are thinking about the choices that they're making. You're not just feeling your way through 2010. We're at the uh, first, uh, the second month of 2010. And there are uh, plenty of people who are either going to propose to somebody, break up with somebody, or, you know, go, you know, try to find as many people as you possibly can to um, be with on uh, Valentine's Day because, you know, you're looking for some love and looking for loving, but in reality, you don't even have a clue what love is, and that's what makes you run from place to place and from pillar to post is because you're trying to satisfy something that's insatiable, and when it's insatiable, it's a bottomless pit, and there's never enough. It's like an addiction. It's never enough. That last one, you know, leads you to the next one, But when you're in Christ and when you have come to that place in him where you enter into that worship of presenting your body as a living sacrifice to God, because why? It's your reasonable service. It's the least you can do for all that he's done for you. What has he done for us? He has given us his son to die for our sins so that we would not have to die but have eternal life. And that's a huge investment that he's made. And if he's made that kind of an investment, uh, giving the life of his son for people who didn't even like him, didn't even love him. He says, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies of his, he gave his only begotten son, his only begotten son. It, it wasn't because we were lovable. It wasn't because we were crying, oh, God, give us your son. Oh, God, you know, save us. Oh, God, uh, you know, do all of this. And, and we were doing something good to make him want to do it. I mean, we were doing what we wanted to do. The the Romans, uh, you know, say, you know, when you're in wrong, do As Romans, you know, so people were doing what they wanted. I remember uh, when we were talking about the book of Hosea, we have yet waxed as cold as as in the book of Hosea when they had gone beyond just sodomy and they had gone uh, into the places where they were sacrificing uh, their children because they had been surrounded by, you know, pagan worshippers. They were getting off into all kinds of things. They were taking the glory for themselves and saying, look at what we've done. They forgot to glorify God. They forgot to give God the honor that was due him for what he had done for them. Everything that they had gained when they came out of uh, Egypt, God allowed the Egyptians to come back and take. I mean, 650 years after the Exodus, when you go into the book of Hosea, because they had turned away from God. He allowed Egyptians to come back and take back what God had given them when they left there because of their hearts. He says, these people don't want to be my people, and guess what? I don't want to be your God anymore. You don't want to come to the point to where God decides that he is going to stop being your God. Is that possible? Yes, the New Testament says that he turns us over to reprobates. So it is still possible. You know, even though we have grace, there is, you know, a certain point where even God says that he stops winking at us. And when he says that, you know, time's up, you know, you know too much about me, you know um, that I require certain things of you, yet you choose to continue to like. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when God says, you know, you're not interested in being my son or my daughter, so I'm going to stop being your father? When he cuts you off. And, and and what happened when he cut them off is that he dried up the sea, so that meant that fish were gone. That meant that their uh, way of making money was gone because you couldn't come in and load up a ship and take out anything, so they couldn't export and they couldn't import anything, so there was no traffic on the sea. The sea was dried up, no fish in the sea, the grass withered and their, the ground would not bear uh, any grain. It wouldn't produce anything. The trees dried up, so it wouldn't produce any fruit or any seed-bearing type of fruit that they could even take and eat or sell that. Um, the air, the birds of the air dried up. They, there, were, there were no birds for them to kill to eat, so they turned to cannibals. God turned them over to cannibals and they ate themselves. Because since they said that you know they had made themselves, God let them eat themselves. I mean, can you see that? Mm-hmm. And when you say God has set rules for us, and the rules are to keep us from harm, but when we break those rules, then we suffer the consequences, not because he's punishing us, but it says that, you know, when you trans- transgress the law, then the punishment that comes from that is already built into the law. The law is there to keep you safe, but when you break the law, and the penalty for breaking that law is, is automatic. God doesn't have to do anything to punish us. We punish ourselves basically by the choices that we make. But then, you know, when except for when you're a child, when, when you're you know, helpless and uh, indefensible and everything and someone is taking advantage of you, but when you get to be an adult and you continue to make those choices and those, those decisions based on, you know, your life experiences, what was done to you, where you come from, who you've been around, what you've been taught, but then there's still God. God gives you the opportunity. He says, you know, now that um you didn't know any better before, you know, that was grace extended to you, but now you're at a place where you can study to show yourself approved unto me, a working one that need not be ashamed. Pick up for it for yourself. Don't even, uh, you know, just rely on people broadcasting the word to you. Don't rely on what's coming across the pulpit. Pick the word up for yourself. You are going to be held accountable for how you have lived this life. And he says, you know, that he has taken an account, and there is a scribe that has written and is recording everything that we've done that when we get before the judgment seat, we will have to give an account for So as you're down here making choices, we pray that when you come into this broadcast that basically you will turn around and you will hear the word of the Lord, that you will hear what God has to say to you, that you will understand that he is for you and not against you, that he loves you and he cares about you, he's concerned about you, and just because, just because right now where you are, you feel the need to succumb to a decision either because you're being pressured or you feel that you want to fit in or you want to be just like everybody else. And so you're going to go out and you're going to make a rash decision on Valentine's Day, not realizing that it may have dire consequences for you down the road to come. Think about it. Seek the face of God. Psalm 27 says that when you said... Seek my faith, that faith, Lord, that I seek. We ask you to seek his faith, to ask him, what does he want you to do as you are in 2010? Whether it's Valentine's Day, whether it's your birthday, whether it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, a special occasion, whatever it is, ask God. Lay it at the altar and ask him, God, what would you have me do? Ask him about your life. Ask him to help you make the right decisions. Ask him into your heart first and foremost, as your personal Lord and Savior. And, Philip, would you lead other uh, people in uh, prayer of salvation, please? Amen. Amen, I certainly
1: sure will. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that has come to mind when I, when I was listening to you uh, is how, it's, it's just about how his family, you know, we we were all born in sin. And uh, you know when that little precious baby gets to that house uh, where the mother and father lives, or that mother lives, you know whatever sin that is there begins to work on that child. And as that child grows up and sees that sin as he is growing up, that sin becomes culture. That then becomes a part of his life. Uh, whether it's the drunkenness, or the the cursing, the lies, the cheats, uh, little boys watching their daddies run around on their mothers, uh, mothers running daughters watching their mothers run around on their fathers, the cheating, the deception, the lies come culture. Uh, some of us grew up with friends and neighborhoods uh people we admire uh find them doing things that I guess since they're living and going on I can too and it becomes it becomes culture. Uh and, and see that's that's what we're talking about when it comes to when it comes to that's what we're talking about when it comes to generational curses and sin that uh that follow us. Uh as we read the word of God we and study his word, we, we come to a point where God begins to reveal these things to us that seem right. You know, Mama's living been living with my daddy. This is just an example. Mama's been living with daddy, and they never got married. I don't see why I can't either. I mean, it, it just seems right. What does seem right, you grew up in that environment. But, but that's, that's not that's not the way that God wants us. If God wants us, God gives the marriage there to the married people. Uh, I want you to buy your heads for a minute, and I'm going to pray the prayer. Um, and I also want to come from, uh, let's see here. Uh, I want to come from Romans ten nine and ten uh for those that are under the sound of my voice you're, you're wanting to um, be saved you're wanting the Lord to come into your life and to the Holy Spirit to become your counselor and you guys are wanting to uh get closer and closer uh as you grow older in the word of god and in romans ten nine and ten it's very plain and if you have a pen of pencil, if you write that down, uh, to to do this, even after this broadcast, do this. Just just do this for those that are under the sound of my voice. It says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You you will be saved. It's if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord see that's that's that that kills all occults that kills all occults that don't believe in Jesus if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved Romans 10 uh, for Romans 10 and 10 it says for if for it is with your mouth that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Amen. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess right now with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And now I thank you, Father, for saving me. I, thank, I I welcome you, Holy Spirit, into my heart. And I welcome you, Holy Spirit, to take out anything that is not of God. I ask that you take out and shine the light on every dark corner in my life that I may be free, that I may be free in the name of Jesus and no longer a slave to sin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name,
4: amen. 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 Amen, 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 amen. Um, I'm going to um, pray, speak to my heart, and um, I pray that you will allow God to speak to your heart and give you wisdom and so that you can gain understanding and understand that you are not your own, but you have been bought with price. God loves you. God desires to spend time with you, to teach you his ways, to show you how much he loves you, and show you why, above all else, that he would send his son to die for you when you absolutely did not deserve for him to do so but it is because of his unconditional love, his grace, and his desire to be restored and reconciled to us that he sent his son. And he wants to speak to your heart. Mm -hmm. we amen, we are back on with our co-host Philip Brown the second with part two of our broadcast, Burn, Baby or Not to Burn, and we have had a tremendous time, and I want to thank you again, man of God, for your faithfulness and for your you know heart to come out and to share on the broadcast. This is uh, the first four hour format that we have gone into truly God is moving by his spirit um so I want to thank you for I guess uh this historical moment if you would um that we've had I mean God just really uh, blessed on the show and so we've had uh, callers uh, on the on the line and in the chat room guests that have joined us and you know those most of all I believe have been imparted into those who ask questions those who just wanting to remain on uh, the line or wanting to remain in the chat room and just listen to the broadcast. So I want to thank you so much for coming by. Thank you uh, tremendously for sharing in this moment with us. We pray that his word would go out and not return to him void, but accomplish that which he has sent in to do. And that is to bring liberty to the captives and to bring sight to the blind and to heal the brokenhearted, and to set all of us in position for such a time as this. The kingdom of God is in need of the children of God, and we must manifest, and we must manifest because he is coming back, and we have so much time to work before it is night because when night cometh, no man can work. So we want to be found working in the daylight, and we want to be found faithful, and we most definitely want him to be pleased with us. And how is he going to be pleased with us? It's going to be through faith. And it's going to take faith for us to walk out and to trust him that he means us no harm, that he has rules for us and guidelines for us because he wants us to remain free When we break those rules, we enter into bondage. So he is not coming to put anything on you. He is coming to take off of you. We ask that you would come back to the broadcast with us Um, as we go forward. uh, We will be picking up again with the Life Overflowing Book Club, the book by um, Bishop T.D. Jakes. And uh, we have had a time with that. And, again, my co-host on that broadcast will be Philip Brown a second, as you hear him now. And I believe we're going to be picking up on uh, Part 3, Chosen. And uh, that's going to be... Yes, I hear... <laughs> I hear it in your voice. You're already ready, huh? Well, okay. Oh, yeah. you know, just hold your mule. <laughs> Hold your
1: mule. <laughs> Did you want to do it right now?
4: No, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to do it right now. We have a scheduled broadcast for that coming up, and so I would invite you to uh, look at our show schedule most definitely and come back for that. And as well, I'd like to invite you to join our partner station, K111 Radio, and that is the One Heart Series radio station where we will be discussing Intimacy with God. And we will also be going into uh, the One Heart series, a five volume series by myself um, and Patricia E. Adams. And if you are interested in purchasing your copy uh, for the broadcast to follow along with, you may do so at www.oneheartseries.com. And we want to also um, ask you to comment on the show tonight. And comment on any of our broadcasts that are in the archive. And tell us what you think. Start a blog. And um, most definitely myself or our previous guests, um, Ingrid Michelle, Part 1, Life After the Download. Um, and for our guest on this section, Part 2, Burn Baby or Not to Burn, we will be more than happy to respond back to you. So we want to thank you again for joining us on Patricia Adams Live As we have gone into the word of God and God says to you that he wants you to present your body as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. It will keep you a faithful servant. It will keep you a faithful mate. It will keep you a faithful husband or a faithful wife because the common thread in this broadcast tonight has been faith and how we have either wavered in our faith and we have not believed God, and because we have not believed God, then we have entered into anxiety and entered into doubt, and we have deceived those who we say that we love, and we know that God is not one who does that. He will not deceive us. He will not betray us, but he will. He will keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, and our prayer for you tonight is that you would go with God, go in his grace and his mercy, and that the angels of the Lord would encamp around about you to keep you safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. And as you go forward and begin to make a decision, we ask that you would make a godly decision because your godly decisions are those decisions that will bring no sorrow. As you enter into the Valentine Day uh, season and period, I ask that you consider laying your thoughts and your plans on the altar of God and ask him to give you clear direction and clear understanding. So once again, we have seven minutes in the broadcast, and we would like to go back to our guest, Philip Brown II, and do you have any closing remarks for us? Hello? Okay, we're going to go to commercial. Uh, we're having a few technical difficulties, and we will be right back with you. Thank you.
3: Check it out, y'all.
2: Been my life.
3: I'm tired and I wanna give up.
2: I've been
3: wondering why. why is the world getting so crazy? Somehow I believe. Come too far to die
2: now.
3: If you're a survivor, get
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it. I'm a
4: y'all this is it we have concluded a four-hour broadcast starting out part one with ingrid michelle author of life after the down low and part two with uh, philip brown ii discussing burn baby or not to burn that is the question we wish you a blessed night and a prosperous um weekday And for those of you who have uh, tuned into the Super Bowl, I hope everybody had a great time with that because we're sure that there's going to be plenty of people talking about it on blogtalkradio.com. Again, you have been with your host, Patricia E. Adams, on Patricia Adams Live. And once again, we ask that you would come back, tell your friends about us, come by and with us we promise you you will not be disappointed and also we want to invite you to our partner station it is k111 radio this is on the BlogTalkRadio.com platform as well again it is k111 k111 radio tune in um, to we have an archive uh, show already in the platform and as well we will be having On February 14th, for those of you who want to be a part of that show, we ask for you to come and be a part of that show as well and continue to follow us here on Patricia Adams Live as we go further into the um, Life Overflowing Book Club, the book by Bishop T.D. Jakes. We will start out with Part 3, Chosen. And so we are excited about all that God is doing. And most definitely we have uh, coming up on the show uh, February 27th in the rotation a well-known uh, broadcaster on the Blog Talk platform. It is The Educated Poet. He will be on the show uh, February 27th. So we ask to have you show our page and look at our schedule and follow us and as we come out into 2010, seeking the face of God, seeking Him above all else.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands.